Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday and welcome to another episode of Great Quarter Gals. I'm Kaylee Nix here with Grace Sharkey. Grace, I think we've got a really good one lined up for today. Yeah, it's a really good episode. I think it's going to really showcase exactly what we're trying to do here at Great Quarter Gals. So I'm excited for it and a a great guest as well. (laughs) 100%. We're calling today's episode Tech to Impress because I think that's kind of every piece that we're going to touch on today. Even in our very end discussion, when we bring in the finance aspect, talk a little bit about earnings, we're still going to be talking about freight tech because let's be honest, the companies that we're going to talk about A lot of their success came from investing in really good freight tech this year. But we'll save that for the bottom end of the episode. So make sure that you're staying tuned all the way through to get a little bit of a conversation about that. And let's start off with talking about tech that is impressing you right now. You just came back from Manifest Conference, which from the looks of it was awesome seeing you and Blythe and everybody in the supply chain world. Truly so jealous that I was not there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right it's not every day you get to see a bunch of uh freight tech nerds enjoying a ludicrous concert so uh, <laughs> it definitely was a, a really really fun time and i think the best part about it is everyone there comes from the same space they understand the same problems we're all trying to solve when it comes to automation when it comes to electric vehicles when it comes to um, avs as well um, it was a good display of, of what the community is trying to do and, and great opinion sharing as well on things to to really solve. Um, so I really enjoyed myself and I was glad that you know Freightways got to get out there and, and show people that were interested in their their technology as well. And so you've got a couple of companies that really made a really good impression on you from the Manifest Conference. Some of these, you've got some big names on here. Let's talk about it. Phantom Auto, PGT Trucking, Blue Yonder, Loadshore. What was most impressive about these guys and what really made them stick out? You know, it's funny, I like to, I wanted to choose a good array of them. Phantom Auto was one of my favorites, I think, of the whole show, um, just because they're kind of like a, literally a Phantom silent killer. Um, and they're actually, uh, one of their biggest investors is ArcFest, which we'll get to here at the end. But um, Phantom Auto helps uh, companies basically do forklift operations from remote uh, locations which I think some people don't understand that not only is that going to help with recruiting, uh, you're going to be able to give a big group of people jobs. Imagine veterans that that might not be able to leave the household, uh, people with disabilities that want to be a part of uh, the, the supply chain community. Uh, so it's just really interesting to see the different pitches and the way that they're really growing their brand and making themselves accessible. And I think that's, you know, something we always talk about, like what if uh, video game world ends up coming into the supply chain world and, and they're like right there on that, that, <laughs> that line. So that one was fun for me. Uh, another one who uh, actually just flew out like a day before the conference was Emilio. Uh, and I've read about Melio in the past. They're a fintech company that helps with payment solutions. And basically here's how it works. We pay you the way we want to pay you, and you pay me the way you want to pay me. Um, Whether that's going to be an ACH, wire transfer, um, through Cash App, through your own banking system, they help integrate systems so that either way, any way that your vendors want to get paid and any way that your suppliers want to get paid, they'll get it done. They're not, they haven't always been focused on the supply chain industry, but they've recently started to realize the impact that they can make. So it's really happy to see Victor out there as well, pushing their brand. 
Uh, PGT Trucking is one that we've had on shows before, and they've been a big part of the Freightways community, but I finally got a chance to meet them one-on-one. And actually, they were part of my panel. And what was really cool is I got to hear a little bit more about how flatbed freight is being revolutionized, not just through load matching. We've seen that through a couple of companies like um, XO Freight, but they're focused more on the sustainability side of it, uh, being able to have a great green footprint, but also use as much of their capacity and make sure they're operating as optimized as possible. Um, So it was nice to meet their leadership. And Keely, what's cool is like, there's so many people in the space that are our age. Like they're one of their biggest uh, analysts there was part of our panel was the same age as me. And it was just really cool to see a bunch of young minds um, really driven to change the industry as a whole. Um, Blue Yonder. I mean, who, (laughs) who doesn't have anything great to say about Blue Yonder? They're, they're one to watch, right? Like they're, they're impacting so much of the space when it comes to warehousing technology. They're going to be the hardware people behind mm-hmm. all of the automation and all the visibility that you see. Um, so when people see companies like Project 44, Four Kites, etc., growing and, and showing showcasing data and how to use that, realize that the hardware behind producing that data, the scanners the cameras, everything that's in the warehouse, Blue Yonder is going to be a big part of. Um, Logics Board was another great one that I actually got to meet and write about their uh, recent fundraise. So that was the first time I got to interview someone uh, on their fundraising face-to-face. And Julian was one of my first interviews um, when I first started at Freightways. So for me, it was kind of like, full circle um let's meet one-on-one and 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 talk about what your company is doing and they Mm -hmm. create really nice uh white label custom uh uh platforms for freight forwarders which uh, we all like that right we want to be able to create a custom a solution for each shipper each customer that works perfectly for them that was the whole point of our talk with LoadSmart this morning and then the last one which I'm uh, actually going to be talking about in point of sale tomorrow as well, is insurance technology, which is someone like LoadShare, right? Mm-hmm. They're out there making sure that if you need an extra um, an extra $100,000 on a shipment, or let's say your customer has some type of new equipment that needs to be moved that's, that's not going to be insured on your original policy, they're there to cover the difference. A lot of people don't understand when you're, covering loads that it's not just the broker that needs to have the insurance, the carrier needs to have the exact same insurance. So they come in and they help uh, make sure that if something were to fail, it's uh, there's no finger pointing, the problem gets solved, the, the checks get uh, mailed to where they need to be. So their leadership was a really great one to me as well. And so that's awesome that all these freight tech brands now have manifest as a platform, this in-person area to really promote their brand and really market themselves. But not all companies are as fortunate. So marketing is really a crucial part of freight tech and the entire supply chain industry. We hear Blythe Bromley talk about it all the time. You know, building that brand is so crucial. And that's actually the discussion that we're going to get into with our guest today. We have Caroline Lyle, who comes to us from Driven Brands. She's their founder and their chief marketing officer. 
we're going to dig a little bit into how you get freight tech that impresses and that becomes a big name like a Phantom Auto and like a Blue Yonder. So Caroline, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you. Yes, thanks for having me. And before we get into the start of the discussion today, talk a little bit about driven brands and how you've now capitalized on your experience in marketing, taking it into supply chain and pardon the pun, driven your brand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, um, many years marketing in the space um, and recently sold my marketing firm that focused on supply chain tech. And I decided to do something super fun. Um, I wanted to start a blog that really focused on some more complex themes in marketing for supply chain tech marketers. Um, There's a lot of basics out there, but there are some things that are pretty exclusive to freight tech, some trends, some benchmarking, um, and some general issues that um, I thought would be great to explore on this blog. Um, We have guest bloggers come on who will share their insights as well, and a chance for us to interact together to ask questions. You know, a lot of people ask me, Uh, Hey, you know, what is this stat? What should I look at, you know, when it comes to my churn rate, what should that be? And I I just thought it would be great to centralize a place where people can go for free and just, you know, look at that information and interact with the people that have great experience in it. That's amazing. And, And so for you, when you're working with companies, especially freight tech companies, what frustrates you the most about their marketing? Where, like when you come in, what's the number one thing that you look for that usually needs to be fixed first? Oh, Grace, this is a toughie for me <laughs> because I'll tell you this. Um, so I think it's a general marketing problem as well. Um, I see it in freight tech a lot. Um, but I see it in other areas of technology marketing in general. In fact, I wrote a blog about this and I call it, um, you know, being a marketing offense. So what I've seen over the years is that a lot of our freight tech marketing brands are always on defense, you know, and what I mean by that is our, the digital ears kind of push marketers into the back room a little bit more to like focus on, marketing tech, data, and metrics, and it takes them away from interacting with customers and prospects in the market, you know, which ironically is the foundation of effective marketing. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the thing that really stands out to me. And I think that's, you know, as a result of the digital era and not exclusive to freight tech, but I see it a good deal in freight tech. Um, And I feel like as a result of that, there's also little time to innovate you know, not just from a product standpoint, but marketing as well, because there's a lot of different things being done in marketing in sectors all over the world that would be great in freight tech too, but we just don't seem to have the time to get there because we're so busy trying to implement and measure, monitor attrition, and we're just so busy with these things um, and trying to keep our head above water that, you know, we don't have the opportunity to learn, test, and grow, really. Um, And I guess, you know, one of the things... I see in this industry specifically is that marketing is really seen as like sales assistance um, or lead generation, which kind of forces marketers into doing digital sales with marketing channels. So you don't see that as often outside the industry, but it's definitely a a trend I see here. Um, And then I guess last, I would say the metrics, you know, that uh, supply chain tech marketers focus on 
um, it's not really what ultimately drives the business. Um, you know, they focus heavily on MQLs and open rates and, you know, how much of this yeah. I generated, but that's really a small part of the equation. Um, you know, really marketers who want to excel and your executive level marketers, you know, really need to be looking at not just growth, but customer retention. Um, sidebar, uh, we just posted a guest blog on Driven Brands by Andrew Johnson at Prepass, which I loved because he outlined some of those key metrics that tech marketers really need to focus on. And not only that, but how to calculate it and then why it's meaningful. So I think there's just, you know, there's several different things that have pulled us away from the end market and then measuring what's truly important in the end. And I guess, you know, as on a tactical note and just for fun, one of my biggest pet peeves of, of freight tech marketing is why you use trucks in your ads. Everybody is. <laughs> so I, I, I implore you all to try something new. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, those are all just absolutely excellent points. And I specifically like the one that you made about marketers being kind of pushed into a corner and seeing as the assistant to your salespeople, especially in a freight tech setting where I think a lot of the end goal is sell your product, sell your freight tech, get these companies on board with what you're providing, whether that's software as a service, whether that's logistics as a service, or whether that's robotics technology, what have you when really the relationship between your sales team and your marketing team needs to go hand in hand with each other and one can't excel without the other. So let's talk a little bit about how both marketers can leverage a little bit of their sales strategy to get behind their salespeople and then those salespeople can get behind their marketers as well. So you just opened the door wide for me on this one. <laughs> um, it's my favorite topic of all topics. Everyone will tell you, um, anyone who's ever talked to me, it's like marketing sales alignment. And that's essentially what you're you're asking. Mm -hmm. um, so there is collective intelligence, you know, between these two groups that really should form one ultimate strategy. But what I notice in tech is they're completely separate you know, and they, in some cases, they don't interact at all, which is really unfortunate. Um, the most successful ones that I've either worked for or with have these two tightly aligned. And what it does is I, I basically have like four categories here. You know, one, the flow of the marketing or, or I would say the marketing customer prospect feedback, you know, between the two parties is so relevant right? So sales gets a perspective, marketing gets a perspective. If, of course, your marketing people are out in the market, you know, communicating to people in the industry like you guys, you know, learning about what's happening in the industry, talking to customers and prospects, gathering that intelligence from a marketing perspective, which sidebar between us, um, I will say a lot of the times they're a little more honest with the marketing person and the salesperson because mm -hmm. they tend to really like the salesperson and don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> Um, so there's joint <laughs> feedback, you know, that you can get, but you know, and um, this actually allows both parties to properly message to the buyer as well. So having all those perspectives in one place, you know, marketing knows the approach they can take and, and what are those key issues and messages they need to approach the market with and sales knows how to capitalize on those. So having that joint feedback allows you know, joint messaging and consistent messaging, which you guys know, because I know both of you have some marketing in your background, is key, right? Mm -hmm. Consistency in the message. Um, 
And really kind of going back to benefits for sales, you know, one of the things great marketers do is really understand their competitive landscape um, and how the competitor is positioning things. And that kind of intelligence for sales is very, very helpful on how they need to navigate that as well. So, hey, what is the other one offering? That's one thing. But how are they positioning what they're offering and how can you do it better? Right. And what are we doing better? Um, And then I guess last, ultimately, this sharing and then understanding the competition and the competitive landscape ultimately produces better quality leads. I mean, that, that's ultimately the goal, right? Just as you mm-hmm. said. <laughs> so um, there's so many there's so many passive touch points that marketing can provide to sales, you know, to keep, you know, the salesperson top of mind these days with automation. And you guys have both used automation, so you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, there's so many different ways. But honestly, what you said, the alignment between these two, it really sets the groundwork and the essentials for you know, very successful marketing and sales initiatives. With all the investment in the space right now and with so much focus on freight technology, what excites you the most, especially from a marketing standpoint? Like if you're coming into the industry now, what would you uh, be most attracted to? What type of technologies and, and how would you market them specifically? Oh, so are you asking me like which kind of segments or sectors I find the most intriguing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's also a trick question because you guys know I came out of the trucking and brokerage space. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I digress. Um, I actually, you know, because of the news, obviously, and all the articles, you know, I read on freight waves and things like that. You know, I'm really intrigued with the front end of the supply chain. Um, I love the stuff that you guys produce on, you know, intermodal. Um, and how, you know, Dre, as well as warehousing is trying to work together. Um, there's so many innovations there. And I know, Grace, you saw a ton of them at Manifest. Am I, am I right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> there seems to be so many investments that, I mean, and so many neat technologies that are popping up, you know, that's really helping us manage through some of the challenges that COVID kind of exposed. So I'm really finding that really intriguing. Mm-hmm. However, I would say someone coming into the industry, that part is a little bit harder to learn. Um, but it's all popping. <laughs> as long as you can get in and really understand the industry and you know what the real issues are and what the customers are struggling with, you're going to love any aspect of supply chain. But that's just my favorite right now. I love that as well. You know, as someone who didn't have a supply chain background and jumped into the space and was like, this is the most intriguing, interesting thing I've ever learned about because everything is so <laughs> densely interconnected. It's it's just wild. Carolina, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the conversation about this kind of front-end marketing view and really just getting your freight tech, leveling up your freight tech almost with these marketing relationships. Where can people go to either connect with you at Driven, Driven Brands or learn a little bit more or catch those blog posts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, feel free to join us at driven-brands.com anytime. We're on LinkedIn. And of course, if you hit my profile, you'll know where to find me. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Thank you so much again for joining us. And I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a great day, girls. All right, Grace, we are getting to the end where we are hitting on some finance aspects for our show, tying back in 
that little money piece at the very end. And we're in full in earnings reporting season. I think we're going to have time to touch on two companies that really reported and shined in Q4. Let's start off with Arc Best. We know that they came off of that Molo acquisition back in November, setting them up for what was a really exciting run in the fourth quarter. And it just only got better from there. It's just absolutely exceeding expectations. Definitely. You know, I actually have a couple of friends that work with their competitors. And the moment they got Molo, the first thing they said is, these guys, these sales reps are knocking on these shippers' doors <laughs> and getting this full contract service going. It's it's huge. I mean, you got a, a great LTL player that now has an extremely powerful truckload side to it. And we finally saw that uh, starting to come out here in these earnings, right? Um, ex- expected revenue growth by 2025 is about 7 to $8 billion, which is huge. That shows you exactly how big of a piece of the market they're going to be focused on. And I think the most standout statistic, especially when you think about um, these contracts that they're making with shippers now leveraging both sides, is that those contract renewal rates went up 10.2% in the fourth quarter compared to the the averages. That's huge. Um, That right there, you know, this market's going to flip at some time. And I think what you're seeing is that shippers are saying, okay, we need to get our ducks in order. We need to make relationships with people that are going to be very meaningful. Uh, I would highly suggest that anyone that's interested in what this can mean for ArcFest to check out Craig's most recent Fuller Speed Ahead, where he actually sits with Danny Lowe and Andrew Silver, um, who's just, uh, Andrew's always been full of great advice and um, has clearly his family's been here in this industry, much like Craig, for some time. And they've got really great insights on how this is going to play out. Plus, think about, you know, we talked about Phantom Auto and a lot of the great investments that ArcFest is making. So this is one of those companies where it's like, I wish you could fast forward five years <laughs> and look back and see what they've done because it's going to be huge. Absolutely. So their earnings per share came in at $2.94 at market, market open this morning, which beat analyst expectations by $0.29 cents and was three times higher than Q4 of 2020. So year over year, three times higher. Absolutely insane. You mentioned that fuller speed ahead with Craig, Andrew, and Danny. Watching that, it almost felt like Andrew and Danny were already on this familial level with each other. And they really understood that this integration of their two companies just means this incredible boost forward for the industry. So definitely go catch that. You can find that on demand on tv.freightwaves.com. Grace, second company we're going to talk about today, Landstar, capitalizing really, really intensely on still a strong boost in demand, which is kind of unusual for seasonality purposes. Definitely. And, you know, Landstar is an interesting player because they really do feed off of both the asset side of things and the brokerage side as Mm -hmm. well. Um, So you definitely see this in their growth, uh, 50% year over year growth uh, in revenue for Q4 to 1.95 billion uh, beat expectations. I mean, (laughs) at this point, I think we hear beat expectations every single time we talk about any, anyone in supply chain. I think, I think everybody beat expectations in Q4. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, but total truckloads up 22% year over year and 7% from Q3, uh, which shows you right there that, you know, they're leveraging the market and where they can uh, continuing to grow. And I'm interested to see what they do with um, all the growth that they've had. Uh, Lancer has been one I've been like waiting to see some really interesting, maybe acquisitions or technology 
plays out of them. So that's kind of something I'm, I'm hoping to see a little bit more from them, but um, it looks like everything's up so far for 2021 revenue growth, gross profit, variable con, uh, contribution, net income, uh, all tied records. So um, great stuff from them, of course. And like I said, I'm, I'm waiting to see what they do with all of all of this growth that they've experienced. My standout stat for Landstar, 50% year-over-year revenue growth beat high-end expectations, not only of analysts, but of management, too. You know that you're doing well when you overwhelm your management's expectations. Right? Yeah, hopefully some uh, bonus checks going out for these guys this Christmas. We'll see. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Grace, looking ahead to next week, we've got an exciting episode already planned out. We've got Nicole Glenn from Candor Expedite. Going to talk to her all about what it means to really just lead a strong company as just a really awesome woman in leadership. She's a CEO and yes. founder at Candor Expedite. That one's going to be awesome. Point of sale tomorrow. Give us a little sneak peek. Yeah, point of sale tomorrow. We're actually going to make, uh, make an announcement about a new executive that's being hired within the retail warehouse space. Um, Flow Space is a company that I've interviewed in the past um, with Ben, their CEO and founder, and they have a new hire who's going to be announcing that here on my show. So I'm excited to have her on. I'll give you that sneak peek. It is a female. Yes. Uh, So that should be a good episode as well. Um, And I'm so happy for Nicole too to be on our show. I think that's a really good one. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week. One, two, three, go!